All right, I'm ready. All right, right, welcome everybody. Good morning. Welcome to episode number four of Talking Animals Podcast. Uh, Through our first few episodes, actually average about 80 plays and downloads per show. So uh, thank everybody for your support, and we hope we can continue to give you a reason to encourage others to listen to us as well. Um, In the stable this morning, we want to offer some inspiration to start the show uh, in the form of a story of uh, Shaq Griffin, a linebacker linebacker out of uh, University of Central Florida. Of course, the NFL Combine went on this past weekend, and Shaq, he showed out. Um, I wanted to talk to everybody about it. Um, first, though, I wanted to get uh, your thoughts on Shaq's uh, performance, Jamar. Did you get a chance to look at it? Uh, I got a chance to look at some of the highlights of it, but old buddy, like, really shocked a lot of people. Um, I don't really think anybody expected him to do the bench and actually pull out the prosthetic, but he outdid a bunch of defensive linemen with the way he was actually bench workout, and the 40 time was extremely shocking. But they said, dude, look, right now he might actually be like a late third-round draft pick. Yeah, yeah, it was it was uh it was crazy, man. I mean, for me, like nobody made me feel bad about everything that I ever quit in my life. This man ain't got no hand, and he out there twenty reps on the bench for two twenty five. He ran a four three. Uh, his broad jump was like eleven or something. I'm like, man, killing, it. and he was catching passes in the linebacker drills too. Yep. And so, I don't, I don't see, I don't see the big deal, man. Oh, man me neither. So I mean. Much. Pierre Bro, you, could, you couldn't do that with two hands. <laughs> I said I could do it with two hands. But that's what I'm saying. He's doing it with one, so why isn't it a big deal? Is that not inspiring? And man, play, he won Defensive nope. Player of the Year at UCF last year. Shit, man, I be getting angry when I watch. It's the, the crazy thing to me is, like, knowing the story from uh, the beginning. I think I saw it on ESPN. He did a special, and his mom was like, when he was four, he had came to her with a knife, and he said he wanted to cut his hand off. So she knew... You know, at that point, like, what kind of drive he had, like, you know, what kind of person he was. And the next day, you know, after the consultation, the doctors cut it off. And uh, she said he'd been, he been pretty much, you know, adamant about wanting to do stuff ever since and, and not letting nothing hold him back. And uh, I just think it's crazy that he can run, like, the fastest 40 time since they started recording this stuff in the combine for linebackers. <laughs> um, he didn't – he got 20 reps with a prosthetic. He didn't end up – getting the invite until late, like senior bowl week, yeah. when they, you know, snubbed him up until senior bowl week. And then now after all this and looking good in the combine, he got one team that's, like, interested in interviewing him after the combine over with. After all that, there's only one team who was interested in him. Seattle. He got one hand. Like, uh, I don't understand that you guys don't understand that. Like, we're going to have a prosthetic lobster claw while he's playing. Well, like, could we? Uh, Pierre Paul. I mean, Pierre got Paul guy. Yeah, well, he plays. That's the defensive lineman now. He plays with a weak side linebacker. That position. Yeah, he need his hands. He a sack and tackle for loss specialist though. And Pierre Paul need his hands more than uh, Griffin. Yeah, he actually do. Yeah. Well, his his position is a dying position anyway. He's like a weak side linebacker. They're replacing that with a a cornerback now because you got to be on the field six cornerbacks now. He's a viable Well, he's going to probably that he runs a 4 3 8 then. He's yeah, probably that, is, that is very true. There's a bunch of cornerbacks out there that ran. Somebody ran a 4 7 to Marcus King. So, how is he going to Oh, yeah, exactly. We also had a defensive tackle that got 18 reps. Yeah. yeah. How, how both is he going to tight end, though? How is he going to guard tight end? You got to put hands the same on way, The same way he did in college? No, it's not. Yeah. Defensive player of the year. Conference defensive player of the year, bro. Come on now. 
Not to he mention, can put, he actually he can got put one hand. He can put one hand on him and one appendage. That's it. That's all he needs. <laughs> can he use like I guess a like a a fake hand or something like that? Like a lobster claw? He, he don't need one. In he yeah, he he never played with it. I'm sure he could. Like, and then, you know how they kind of wrap up those casts or whatever. But are the but rules? Why? Are the rules? Nah, it, it's no different I'm, than I'm, y'all. Remember when Patrick Willis came into the league with that wrapped up hand? Oh yeah, yeah. Ain't no different. Well, he had a hand. Yeah, I mean you. You can do that. They like if they if he need to wrap it up or something so that you know it's not getting beat up. He can wrap it, but I mean I don't. I don't. He never needed one. I don't see why he would need one at all. I uh-huh. hope he dang. I hope he gets sacks and tackles for a loss every week and point that nub at, at the opposing <laughs> coach and point at him like with no middle finger on him, but simulating. Fuck you. You should have picked me. Yeah, they all talking about somebody else said like fifth round because they're still worried about the fact that he only got one hand. But I'm just like, yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, like fifth or six. The big consensus is like from late third to the six, and this had initially come in as a special teamer. And then possibly yeah. be a rotational player, but they should play that man. That man can ball. Uh, you know what's crazy though? He went through the same thing at UCF. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he came at UCF with his twin brother, but he had the red shirt and barely played for like the first two years. And then when they finally play him, I think it was his brother last year was the year that he started, and he got freaking player of the year that year. Well, if defensive player of the year that year. If you ain't noticed that, if you ain't noticed, the NFL discriminates a lot. Think about exactly. Think about that that dude that came out. He's gay. Yeah, he's real good. He's real good. Uh, on t- Michael Sam, Michael Sam. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. He look like he been busting in the league. No, he yeah. like he was a bust. Yeah, he was trash. But I see, I see what you're saying, the leaf, because he he had enough tape to at least have been drafted higher than where he was. Now, yep, I I agree too because. It just because of the fact that they do the combine alone shows you how much they go and discriminate because they're looking for numbers to start off with. But it's also oxymoronic because they look for numbers all the time, and this dude put up numbers, and now you're not looking at him because he only got one hand. They ain't but trying to pay him. They trying to get up and cheat. Look at that. Think, think, think about this way. The combine, the combine, they measure everything from the how how big your hand is, your wingspan, everything. And he's lacking a lot of measurables missing that hand. He lacking six, he lacking six inches. Hey, I'm gonna tell you right now that one. There's a lot of people in the NFL lacking six inches. The people just don't know it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god! Oh man! Hey, I was just gonna quickly say I understand you got a wonderful chest and all that good stuff, but this man got heart. That's all I do know. I don't know none of these numbers, but he got heart. Someone got to pick dog. I agree with that, Darrell. And he like he literally eat, sleep, breathe shit football. This man slept in the in the dang on. Football facility for the whole fall camp. Like he I bought an air mattress and didn't leave. Like how you not want that? Dude. I ain't want to hear none of these stories. I I wake up every morning to go to two jobs. I work harder than him. I know it. Ain't no way. Exactly. And, and I, I'm sure you're a good asset to your team, or you feel like you're a good asset to your team too. And that's the I point hope. that B's making. Yeah. That's that's exactly the point. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Anyways, I thought I thought that it was very inspirational, man. He could have quit a long time ago. So the fact that he didn't and made it to this point, um, I mean, should it should inspire anybody except me. Um, so we'll move right along to, uh, <laughs> to into the web this week. Uh, into the web this week, hey, we got something that's pretty exciting because this week uh, in the web features our first topic uh, from the fans. So from our Facebook page. Um, which is uh, Talking Animals Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. We were asked to discuss why African-Americans have to be cautious 
when naming our children. Um, let me get your thoughts first on that, Big Cheetah. Oh man, big cat sheet in the house. What? <laughs> no, stop saying that. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I big cat cheetah. I have a very interesting name. As you know, plenty of people have very interesting names. And actually, my real name is very interesting. Uh, my mom actually named me off of a TV show back in the day called Night Rider. But if you kind of notice, uh, Darrell is like you know more of a more of a proper name. Um, I guess in the sense that's what some people would say. Now. Honestly, the whole African American thing, like you know, being careful naming your kids, I I agree in in the sense where you don't want to have your kid be named something, you know, like very outlandish per se. Oh, a cereal box, yeah, or, or like a, a car, you know, like Mercedes, Lexus, a Toyota. Like, I mean, you, you got the you do have to watch some things like that. I think Anybody it's great to get Toyota. <laughs> you said Toyota. Yeah. Hey, I'm holy I'm, shit. I'm just saying, but um, I do think you yeah, have. You to got, like, hey, I know somebody gonna name the kid Wakanda this year. It's no, they, oh, they absolutely. already did. That's already happened. That's already happened. They already so, happened. God damn it. That's what I'm saying. You got to be careful with like um some of the things you do. You know just, why? Why? Yeah. I mean, okay. So if I'm the person on a, looking at job resume, and all of a sudden I see someone named Wakanda. I mean, do a double take. You brought, you thinking what kind of name is that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you saying that you saying that you think that it'll affect them in the job market? If, yeah, you know, I, I, names. I, I do think some names will affect people in the job market. So, an NYU study in 2015 for Business Insider says that people that have more common names that are easier to pronounce uh, have higher status of positions because people in general relate things that they can comprehend better to being more comfortable with. They tend to like those things more. That's wrong. That's wrong. I mean, it I makes mean, sense though because bro, even actors study, change their so name. I, I don't know. <laughs> even even actors, even actors actually yeah. change their name all the time so that. People don't have to, you know, wonder how to say their real name. No, what can we talk about it? No, what it is, they they associate these names with brown skin, so that's why they throw away the application. So I figure if they don't want brown skin in there, why the hell you want to work there anyways? Well, there's also the the, the, the walkout look. There's also things that show on that. 2002, Stanford did a study on uh, different resumes, and they applied traditionally uh, black names and uh, traditionally white names, um, and there was a 50% uh, difference in response to resumes based on the names. I think I heard that one. And we all all know that, but it's it's making a difference if your name is Tom. You show up to the interview, and you black, it's the still still same outcome. You just kill but, but do it right give you more point. of a chance though? No. If your name is Tom, if I like at least can it get your foot in the door? Then you, maybe you can wow him. Like it will. Queen, maybe you can run a four three eight forty with one hand. That's maybe my theory can, too, man. <laughs> hey, there you go. You just, there you go. You discriminating, you discriminating based off of who you are, color. But the argument usually is that it's subconscious discriminating though. So, and I think that's what it is. I think like. You know, when if your name is something that sounds traditionally black and they throw away your resume, but it's not and in another case and you actually get in there, I don't think that they look at they're looking to openly discriminate. I think it's subconscious. I think that they don't even realize that like I don't want that person no. they say they can also be attributed to socioeconomic status. No, you give them too much you give them too you gotta give people more credit. 
than you are because these people are hiring managers. I'm sure they went to college and stuff like that. That can identify somebody's name being black or not. So they see a black person's name, they're going to say, nah, he doesn't fit into this culture here. I really don't think it's something we got to worry about these days, man, because I think the older generation of millennials, like, I think we kind of defied the odds with that already. Like, we we grew up in an era where people, where our parents were, like, giving out the crazy names. I mean, they they still doing it, but we grew up in an era where it was like, yeah. But we, I mean, we I think we defied them odds already because... I feel like I've been teaching professors and teachers for like at least 25 years and, and people on jobs for at least 25 years now. You know, the difference between short A's and long A's because I literally go like, you know, say, say it with me, ja, ma, re, oh. You know, give you a A for the effort, head ass. But for the, for the, all in all, I end up telling them, you know, most of the time just call me J. But I mean, I, I can understand what, what both Luther and Darrell saying though because Darrell saying, you know, like it, it, it could affect you as far as jobs, and Leaf saying it affect you as far as skin color because they automatically assume your name is black and they don't want you in there anyway. So I, I could accept that, but for me, I saw a tweet back in I think like 2015, and it said, uh, "I learned to stop calling names ghetto when I realized society conditioned me to think Michelangelo was cool, but Darnell wasn't." Mm, and yeah, that's dope. I, like I that. thought about that when I saw that back in 2015, and I was like, "Dang." Because I would do that too, like you know, call names hood or whatever. And I'm like, man, Michelangelo really is a bad name, and nobody ever really thought about that. Everybody think you know that's like something like prestigious, like an artist. But I don't know. I think it's the it's, it's the brains behind the name, not the not the name. But I, I got enough brains not to name my kid Jamario. I can tell you that. Yeah, I, I say I say if you pick a year like name for your kid, just because of that, I think you're a sucker. Because if you really want to help the kid out. You teach your kid financial responsibility. You teach your kid how to open his own business. You don't That's give a him given. a name. You don't give him a name to hope he gets a job to work for somebody else. No. But Khalif, do you That's a fact too. But do you want to give your, your child a read to your kid or something? Do something like that productive. Don't but the question but the Tom he but, can still be an idiot name <laughs> But Khalif, <laughs> the thing you gotta understand is like, do you really wanna get put your child potentially at a disadvantage? Because it, con- my like, child Nigi, be at disadvantage. But like what Nigi, disadvantage. But you yeah. gotta understand what Nigi said is subconsciously. Like it's not like a thing, like people are overtly out here saying, like, oh, I see that no. name. I'm not hiring that person because they're black. No, they are overtly doing that. That's the but, thing. And if you understand that, you prepare your kid for that, and you you set it up so you don't have to work for anybody else. He can open his own business and hire other well, here's, people. Here's my whole thing too. Oh. Here's my whole thing too. Like, look, for example, like Car- Carnegie's name. Like, some people be like, oh, that's like Carnegie Hall. Like, that's like a procedure type name. They they have they have different ways how they associate things. That's just all to it. Like what Jamar was saying about Michelangelo. You had the artist Michelangelo, then you got the Ninja Turtle Michelangelo who eats pizza all day. I'm just saying, like, the, you you are who you make yourself are. This part is very true. I mean, I'm some people call me Darrell. What? Darryl? <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm not going to name my black kid a European name. That's just crazy. Facts. Facts. You, don't see no, you don't see no Europeans name their kid African names. It's the craziest thing to me ever. But, Khalif, we're not talking about it against, like, African names. Like, okay, like, you're a hiring manager, and you get two names. Like, you get a couple names on applications. And you bad, go, you probably going to turn the lamp. Huh? Nothing. Go ahead. Go ahead. But, no, I mean, I already know where Khalif is going to probably go with this. But Khalif is also the same type of person that will see a name 
and then be like, oh, I know she black. No, well, what, I, what I do is I, I Google your name and look up on Facebook. I don't care if you're black or white. I look, I'm going to look who you are anyways. And I'm but what I'm, they're, they're doing that right now anyway, so. But what I'm saying is, but you would be the same person. Like like, and like Niji said, it's a subconscious thing. Now, we're not saying that that should hamper someone from getting a job or anything from that standpoint, but yeah. it is yeah, a subconscious yeah. mindset. It's, that not, a, it's just, not subconscious. It's well, not. Well, they're, well, identifying, actually, they're identifying black people, and they're saying, no, he's black by his name. I'm going to pass to the next guy. But Bill. do you think it has anything to do with, I kind of want somebody that's like me, the subconscious thought of that? Yeah, it's called prejudice. It's called prejudice. Yeah. No, sometimes that can be subconscious because you just Some, think of yeah, like somebody sometimes. that can relate to you, like, especially if you're thinking culture fit. You know? There you go. Of course. And that goes down to, that goes down to skin, not name. True. True. However, though, one of the things you did say was that you don't find Europeans... Uh, adopting uh, traditionally black names, but one of the, one of the names that I have found that actually has been more common among uh, European Americans that was growing up more common among African Americans was the name Kobe. And since we're on the topic of Kobe's, uh, we gotta say congrats to Mr. Kobe Bean Bryant for his Oscar winning writing and narration for Dear Basketball. And the timing is so perfect with this being just a short time after uh, Laura Inkle uh, comments on LeBron. Laura who? Ingram. Uh, Ingram, yeah, whatever her name is. She's not important. <laughs> yeah, she's a uh, uh, So, Leaf, uh, yeah. what do you think about that? First off, who's seen the movie? Not me. What, what are you Dear talking basketball? about? It's not a movie. It's a cartoon. It's, a it's, an, it's an animated short film. <laughs> and it won an Oscar. Yeah, it won an Oscar. Kobe that paid for the Oscar. Kobe paid for the Oscar. Twin, get out. Twin, get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Don't get, man. Just go and pay for that. Just go and get. Right now. That, that got to be Oscar history. Somebody make somebody gets an Oscar off a cartoon nobody ever seen. Well, apparently somebody seen it. Bruh, a ton of people saw it the night that Kobe actually jerked, like when his jerk was retired, it was streamed on YouTube like insanely. What are you talking you about? It? Yes, I watched his jersey retirement ceremony. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about the the the, the cartoon. The cartoon was shown before his jersey retirement ceremony, you idiot. Oh yeah, I ain't watched that. And you're talking about he paid for it. Clearly you've never watched the Oscars either. Nope. No one does. I don't watch that. They have, no one does. They have different categories on like what what films or what short movies, like short films that that can get Oscars. So just because his film was short and animated, don't mean that there's not a, a category for it. Hmm. Yeah. All kinds of categories, huh? They have all kinds of Oscar categories. Yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna be honest, I don't watch the Oscars either, but I do yeah. like to celebrate. I do like to celebrate the accomplishments of of uh, of our of our our people. I think um, I, I honestly think it's almost a joke, like satire, that they gave him that award because I think the Oscars that night was a big, we call it Me Too type of deal, and for him to win on that night with him, I guess beating that rape charge back in Denver, Denver. two thousand three. Yeah. You gotta imagine reading this in a uh, Kobe voice. <clears throat> Dear Wayward Penis, from the moment I started rolling back the prophylactic, 
and taking imaginary strokes. In the great western forum, I knew one thing was real. I had fucked up. <laughs> now, uh, for the next few years, all they gonna really, you know, think about is, is rape. Whenever you associated with the word rape, that's that's all they gonna think about. That's the era that we live in. Um, but more so, I don't understand how he won an Oscar for that poem. Like, it's so many actors and actresses out there that like haven't won Oscars for stuff that we thought they should have won an Oscar for. And yeah, it's almost it's almost that oh, tired. It's almost it's oh, that tired to me. I, I think that's a really oh. twisted twisted way to look at it, man. I just I, twisted. Like why why can't it just be that his like that short film was just really that good? Like why exactly. do we why do we have to try to attribute it to being some type of satire or something that was being done to try to boost ratings because you may think that, okay, well, if we give a, a former professional athlete, like who's a big name in sports, especially with the climate because of what that lady said to, about LeBron and KD, maybe we may get more people to want to tune in. Like, why can't it just be that Kobe and his team did an amazing job with a short term? Nick, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did amazing jobs. But it's obviously rubbed it in all those people's face who are out there, me tooing it. I don't Oscars. think that would. I don't think that would be where they were rubbing in their face though. Like, like that me too. That me too movement has caused a lot of people a lot of jobs. So you really think Bro. they're gonna try? You really think the Oscars is gonna really try to burn themselves by doing that? Yeah, that's exactly. Hollywood for you. They kind of crooked up there now. Nah, they ain't trying to do that, man. Look, Kobe Bean, the go with the Black Mamba, one of my favorite players ever. He he did an amazing short film, and he had a like. I think this was perfect. So the whole fact that everyone's trying to tie this back to what happened in the early two thousands or two thousand three with all this all this going on, this man went to court, stood his time in trial. The the woman did not testify, and that was into that. Uh, they they basically uh, consensual. He was going back and forth from court back to the other court playing basketball. Like the whole time while this was going on, he took his time in court. Have any of these other Me Too people, like the the people that are being accused, have they went to court yet? They have not even went to court. Like Kobe took his time and had had to stand public opinion and stand in the courts. To me, I, I think I think the fact that we're even talking about this ruins it or attempts to ruin it I think that it's killing a moment like it really also, is I feel like for one on one end from where we are like as black people like why can't we just go ahead and celebrate it this is a huge accomplishment we talked about last year about the lack of African Americans that won Oscars and we have someone that's a writer then he's a first time writer then again it's right on the heels of the statement by Laura Ingram's sit up and dribble comment so why can't we just flat out celebrate it why are we even bringing up you know, his past that was 15 years ago now when he's completely changed his life around, continue to do a number of things in the community. Oh, and by the way, won an Oscar. I agree. I agree completely because, again, I say, like, you know, the Me Too movement is a very strong, excellent movement. However, I think Kobe has done, like, his due diligence to show he has turned himself all the way around, become a family man. Like, we, we all love what Kobe's doing, like, on and off the court. And I think this symbolizes him gra graduating growing up. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, man. I think it's it's amazing that he, he won the Oscar. Um, I think that it's a great honor that he deserves, and I look forward to, you know, what comes 
soon after, man. I, and I, I look for all the athletes to continue to follow in the path that, you know, he and LeBron, you know, himself have laid out. LeBron's written and directed. Um, he had that show, Survivor's Remorse, which was amazing. Kind of ended abruptly, though, so I'm not sure what happened with that. But um, how, how, how is the Oscar a big – how is it so big, like – I don't watch it. You don't watch it. So how is that such a big award to our culture? Like, who's on the Oscar board that represents us? So I feel like when they pick something like this, it's just guys don't understand it. Um, I think it's just—I think it's just tradition. I think you make a good point. Like, you know, because what does it really mean? But, um, but I think it's just—it's uh, just tradition. Like, you know, how you got movie ratings and you got like. You know, Ebert and Roper, and you got like the tomato jump or whatever. I don't know. Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know none of that. But I feel like, you know, traditionally, it's, you know, it's been a big deal. So that's just, that's just kind of what it is. So like, uh, again, that's a good point. again, what is, what is, whose tradition? It's not my tradition. I know that from, <laughs> I know that for a fact. And it's not Kobe's tradition either. And for him, for him to say that that means more to him than winning the NBA award, he's bogus. Well, um, no, you know, I, 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 I won't go there. Yeah, I disagree because I feel like he, um, it's it's been the movie movie tradition, not just you know white, black, blue, or green, but actual movie tradition, like on screen. That's been the biggest thing, the biggest accomplishment to win an Oscar. And so for Kobe, his point was the reason why that it meant more to him is because he never even dreamed of it. Like when you accomplish something that's beyond what you even dreamed about, it can it can mean a lot. And so I respect where he's coming from because it shows his versatility. Not that he needs to validate himself to anybody. However, exactly. he, however, he's like, all right, I can do this too. Like I went on the court and I was one of the greatest basketball players of all time because that's what I worked at. I chose a completely different field. I didn't go be an analyst, an NBA analyst like, you know, Shaq and Barkley. Like I went to somewhere far left and then I won an Oscar. I, and on top of that, too, it's something he did that's, like, you know, animated. Like, it's related to a, a vast group of people, including some kids. And it's something he's passionate about and loves. And on top of that, he basically got to spread that love to other people. Like, this is what I feel about my sport and what I do and what it's meant to me for like the last, like, many years he's been playing. So he won, he won an Oscar for a cartoon. And he's saying it means more to him than the championships you work so hard for. I just don't believe it. He's bogus. Well, I mean, what, well, regardless of what we think, it's still something to applaud in terms of black excellence. And while we're talking about black excellence, let's applaud Jordan Peele for winning his Oscar as well. Hey, get yeah, out. True, 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 true. Yeah, but for the for the sake of time, of course, we, we're going to move on into the Lions Den. And um, our Lions Den topic for this week is on the, uh, the Central Michigan shooting. Um, you know, part of what has been uh, a little bit disturbing about the shooting is not only that it was a shooting and a, and a young man killed his parents, but it has turned into what has seemed like uh, an aha moment uh, for for different sides as opposed to, you know, relating it in, in, in terms of actually relating it to a school shooting and, and the racial tensions um, that lie uh, beyond below the story. Uh, Lamp, uh, you know, what were your thoughts on that? Well, like, to me, like, to the full concept of, like, to the detail of it being, well, just number one, just to start everything off, 
I cannot lie. Like when I first saw it, I was like, like, why are they initially classifying this as a true school shooting? Like he killed his parents, then he disappeared, which I already found weird that he killed his parents in his dorm room. I thought it was something that would have been done. Like if he was killing his parents, I guess I expected something like at the home or somewhere else. But it just threw me off a little bit just seeing that part of it. But it like I didn't appreciate like a lot of the people who were saying oh so there were people saying that when white kids do this there's really a problem like what are you now saying that a black kid has done a shooting so that was the part that kind of bothered me a little bit about it well um I know I was uh taking a look at this a little bit um I feel they were the, they're making a school shooting because obviously it happened on the campus mm-hmm. uh, that's that's where they're trying to relate that part to I understand that piece of it However, as you kind of alluded to, this is just like an isolated situation. He had shot his parents, and then he disappeared. I think my, my bigger thing here is yeah, I understand the, the racial undertones of all this. However, if you re- read the whole story, this man went to the hospital the night before for like some drugs. Thank you. Like, like some, uh, something he had going on. People understand like this stuff is real. And this is why, even back in the day when Obama was president, Obama had put in there about people, like, they need to do mental checks on people with guns. Like, nah. this stuff is serious. Like, I've seen people with mental issues have breakdowns, and they go crazy. Now, you, you can't too much say that part of it because he shot them with his dad's gun. So he wasn't yeah, the actual person the gun, who, had, yeah. who bought the gun, though. So. Oh, no, I, I agree there. You're right. I mean, that then his dad was like a police officer or something, correct? Um, yeah. Yeah, so I definitely understand that piece of it, but I guess I was just saying, like, you know, as an overall blanket, like, kind of cover some other issues, like, that's why I think mental checks in terms of some other things that go on are very, need to be prevalent. <laughs> Leaf, is this, is this right or wrong, or, or is it important at all? Um, I think it's just an isolated incident that so happened to coincide with what happened in Florida, huh? It's not a school shooting. It's just some crazy kid that killed his parents. It happens. Right. But I think the biggest issue, I think, out of all this is definitely going to be gun control. Um, mental checks for these people buying guns is uh, definitely has to happen. I don't know if you regulate the guns itself, um, but I know I was reading an article uh, that comparing a wound from an AR-15 to, like, a 9 millimeter. And the AR-15 is like a, such a high-power round that pretty much demolishes your insides. So I think there should be some... Oh, my like, goodness. Yeah, there should be some type of legislation <laughs> that bans those guns to particular people or something like that. But there has to be something done about some guns control for sure. Um, I think um, one thing that, you know, that, that hasn't been addressed, you know, among all the controversy, you got people arguing, you know, because people, people make up something about anything. Like, people always want to react to something. They, they, you know, they want to be so profound in their reactions, too. So they like, oh, I got an original reaction. But as you wonder, like, did you think about or deliberate before you had your reaction? Because now you just look crazy. Yep, exactly. Because what people aren't talking about enough to me is the fact that he just got out of the hospital for what they said was acting er- erratic. Now, Darrell touched on it. Like, he went to the hospital, but he wasn't just, he didn't get hurt or nothing like that. He was acting weird. Like, somebody should have addressed him then. There's Like, he should have been checked. Exactly. All kinds of stuff. Like, bro, you out here looking crazy. 
You know, if you're crazy enough for your parents to have taken you to the hospital, then you need to be very closely monitored. You don't need to handle sharp objects. I'm sure he had the gun. His dad had the gun somewhere or at some point. But I mean, like you have to pay close attention because clearly this man was having some issues. That's the failure to me. Yep, exactly. That needed to be addressed because you you are a fool, bro. And 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 as much as I. I disagree a lot of times when we address these mass shootings as 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 troubled uh <laughs> young adults. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's what we call it. I, I I do think that if we are gonna go that route, then we need to consistently go that route. Like, you know, and you can tie that into gun control. Like some people need to you need to be checked. I remember when I took my CWP class, man, it was this dude in there. First of all, we was at the shooting range, man had on sandals. I'm like, bro, which, which, why, why you got on sandals? You know, this leg popping out is gonna burn you. Sandals, yeah, you know, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying. So, I, I, it's crazy people out there. I'm like, he was about to get his CWP if he shot well. I ain't look see what his score was because I ain't want to talk to him much. But I don't blame him. Yeah, see, that, that's pretty wild right there because that's just a CWP class, and you know, I, I guess you know me, me being a gun owner as well, like, ah. I do like guns. I appreciate the Second Amendment, um, all that good stuff. But my thing is, at the same time, I think with great power comes great responsibility. And that's a you know a very common quote, but it's very true. Like if you had the power to wield a gun and do other stuff, I think you need to be responsible with it. A lot of but people are not responsible. <laughs> that that is definitely true. But then I also feel like it it really it really is truly a story of. I feel as though cops and everybody else are kind of failing a little bit because as I'm reading more about like his erratic behavior, like he came in saying someone was trying to hurt him. They go to someone who was armed and they said he posted no threat. Then they said later on that day, he had all his bags packed and was just standing in the middle of his dorm room. Like most of that stuff is a, a key that you need to say, okay, hold on. There's something going on with this exactly. kid. Maybe we need to pull him off to the side, you know, like get someone to talk to him, get get some help. And then not even only that, his parents took him to the hospital and y'all didn't see a need to keep him longer than what was necessary. And then 24 hours, like a couple hours later, both of his parents are dead inside his dorm room. Hey, someone's someone's off by them. Like we're failing, we're failing. Like at some at some point in time, cops faculty fbi like everything along the board like we are failing at some point and we have to find a better way to to figure this stuff out to stop these types of things from happening yeah people are dying man it's crazy but i'll tell you i'll tell you what's not dead hey talking animal podcast we're live and kicking <laughs> we uh, thank you for joining us for our episode number four Want to give a shout out to uh, Barbershop Mentality Podcast. Check those guys out. Hey, hey. We appreciate the support from you, man. Hey, Champ Strong. Hey, do you want to get all your attire from there? Color me brown. If you need anything painted, and I do mean anything, make sure and you reach out to them. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, once again, thank you for joining us this week. If you got the Anchor app, please look us up, Talking Animals Podcast. They got a voicemail feature that will let you um, call in. Leave any comments for us. Also, if it's uh, something that you want to add to the show, we could potentially add it to the show. Uh, also, check us out on Facebook. I have a group called Talking Animals Podcast. Check us out on IG at Talking Animals Podcast, of course, and Twitter at The Zoo Talking Animals Podcast. That is D A Z O O Zoo. 
That's hey. it for us this week. Thanks for joining us once again. Thank you for your continued support. We out of here. We'll holler at y'all next week. Yep. Hey, big cat.